John chapter 9 deals with the story of a man born blind, and that got me started thinking about the way blindness is used as a picture of something far deeper in the Word of God. I'm Pastor Russell Howard, and we're going to look at that very thing on Beyond the Notes. So in John chapter 9, Jesus heals a man born blind, and those who are observing it, those who are in some ways critiquing it, make the observation that that level of healing, someone whose eyes were completely missing, that level of healing had not been known to have ever happened before. Well, blindness is a metaphor in the Word of God all over the place, and it gets referred to pretty frequently, and is a picture in most of those uh allusions to a, a more profound problem. You say, well, what could be more profound than blindness? Blindness is pretty bad, and it is. But blindness is used as a word picture of lostness over and over again in the Word of God, not just in the New Testament, but in the Old Testament as well. It certainly is in John 9 as the conversation with the with and around the man born blind, ends up being a confrontation between Jesus and that man when he professes faith, and Jesus and the Pharisees when they once again fail to. But, but just as some examples of, of where in the Old Testament this idea of blindness is uh, referring to spiritual condition, not just literal physical blindness, Isaiah the prophet in Isaiah 43, 8, in a passage dealing with the judgment on the spiritually dark people of Israel, says, bring out the people who are blind yet have eyes, who are deaf yet have ears. Remember, Jesus a couple of times in his earthly ministry refers to people who have eyes and don't see and ears who don't hear. And probably this passage in Isaiah is one that he was referring to. There's another passage in Jeremiah, Jeremiah 5, 21 where, where the prophet cries out, Hear this, O foolish and senseless people, who have eyes but see not, who have ears but hear not. And then again, we've, we've already talked about it, but the passage in uh, the Gospel of Mark, Mark, Mark 18. Let me see, too many ribbons and too many markers. There it is, Mark 8, 18, in, in uh, a conversation again with these same unbelieving Jews, Jesus says, having eyes, do you not see? Having ears, do you not hear? He is obviously kind of poking them with the sharp stick of, of reference to these prophets who spoke to the ability to see without the ability to really see and the ability to hear without the ability to really hear. It's interesting also, even in references to the coming Messiah, uh, there are prophecies, we'll go back to the book of Isaiah, that say that, that opening the eyes of the blind would be part of the ministry of the Messiah. And while that was true in a limited number of cases, Jesus did do some physical healing of blind people. In the much broader sense, what he came to address is spiritual blindness. Isaiah 42, verses 6 and 7, uh, the prophet Isaiah says, I am the Lord. I have called you in righteousness. I will take you by the hand and keep you. I will give you as a covenant for the people, a light for the nations to open the eyes that are blind, to bring out the prisoners from the dungeon and from the prison, those who sit in darkness. And again, 
that is, is, is narrowly, that is a reference to physical blindness, but much, much more broadly, it's a, it's a picture, an apt metaphor of, of the lost condition. Well, in what ways? How can, we, how can we equate spiritual lostness to physical blindness? Well, I'm not, of course, I'm not blind, uh, but I really don't see well at all. And so I can, I can identify just a little bit with, with not being able to manage things well because your eyes don't work right. Um, I am not making light of those that are actually totally like lights out blind, just saying that I can, I can go a couple of steps down that path toward understanding. And here are some things that are true, and I see it really in two broad categories, sort of an inability and an incapacity. An inability, pe- people who are blind probably have a hard time finding stuff. You know, if you or I leave our car keys uh, on the counter when we usually leave them on the dresser or we leave them in the cup holder of our car where we usually take them in the house, it doesn't take us a great deal of effort to find them. Now, I'm not suggesting that blind people should be looking for car keys. That would get awkward very, very quickly. But the, but the small stuff, your, your sort of pocket everyday carry stuff, if you mislay it, your eyes play a strategic role in finding it. And if you didn't have your eyes, that wouldn't be true. Certainly, it is the case that you can't, you can't navigate. You know, when, a, when someone is blind and lives alone, they will have taken great pains to understand the layout of, of their house and how many steps between this and that and those sorts of things. They would not be likely to take off and explore new areas and new terrain all by themselves because... They don't know what obstacles are out there and various ways to hurt themselves. So finding things and navigating. There's a lot of things that we, we, we learn by seeing, not, not, just, not just reading things. But I, I've never been to Mount Rushmore, but I know what Mount Rushmore looks like because I can look at pictures of it. I can watch video of it, and I have a pretty good grip on what Mount Rushmore looks like, or I've never seen the Grand Canyon. I know what the Grand Canyon looks like. And I've learned those things because I can, I can look at imagery. Uh, people who would be blind would have the inability to learn in that way. And then there are some concepts, for example, the, the concept of color. How do you explain the difference between blue and red to someone who can't see at all? They don't even have a frame of reference to grasp those ideas. I think that's a pretty good picture of what it is to have the the lack of spiritual perception that comes from lostness. You you can't grasp truth uh, revealed in God's word until God does that that work in your heart and you, you repent of your sin and begin, you're inhabited by the Holy Spirit and you begin to understand spiritual things that are understood spiritually. So there's that, that sort of inability in, tied up in blindness. But there's also sort of a sheer incapacity. It's not just that, that you're blind. It's that you've got no way out of blindness sort of on your own. Um, no amount of encouragement. You know, um, study harder. Read more slowly. Uh, I, I remember when my, my eyes started to go, and I'm, I'm really, really nearsighted. And when my eyes t- sort of tumbled from normal to my first really profound nearsightedness, I was a third grader. I was in, I was in uh, elementary school. And the, the teacher kept moving me forward in the classroom. 
until I was sitting on the very front row of the classroom and was still doing this real, real intense squint trying to make out what the teacher was writing on the board back in you know my third grade year, which is, oh gosh, it's still in the 60s, so it's a long time ago. Um, and there was no amount of, why don't you try harder to read what's on the board? Well, I, I can't. It's incomprehensible. So no amount of encouragement. No amount of no amount of instruction is going to heal blindness. No, this is how you see. It's nonsense. If a person is blind, you can't you can't merely coach them or instruct them out of their blindness. Now I know the metaphor is going to break down because in in the in here in the twenty first century we have so many. Medical options. We can reattach retina. We can replace lenses. We can reshape corneas. We can do all kinds of stuff. But you cannot, you cannot give a bullet list of instructions to follow that are going to cause a blind person to see. There has to be an external work done. And, and <laughs> other than a 21st century medical setting, I suppose, there's got to be a supernatural work done. No amount of scolding. You know, why can't you see better? What's wrong with you that you can't see? Well, what's wrong with me is I, I can't see. Why did you walk into that? Why did you trip over that? Why did you get that wrong? Well, because I have no ability to see to get it right. I'm going to trip over things. I'm going to walk into things. I'm going to uh, not interact well with, with my environment, or at least not interact like, like you would want me to with my environment. And so it is with the things of God and someone who's lost. You know, we can't, we can't scold lost people into salvation. We can't morally correct a lost person to the point that if they will just heed our moral instruction and, and do this, 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 they'll be right with God. First, they're not equipped for the, for the, the no one is equipped to behave well enough to gain God's favor, and they don't have... A spiritual perception. They have eyes, but they do not see. And we certainly can't just, uh, you know, cajole them, just encourage them and push them to see better when in fact they are blind. It's a really, really good metaphor. And we know that that spiritual light comes because of a relationship with Jesus. In the, in the message last Lord's Day, I alluded to the passage in Luke 4, where Jesus launches his public ministry. And he's preaching from Isaiah 61 in the synagogue of Nazareth. And he says, I'm here now to, uh, paraphrasing, but in verse 18, now picking it up, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor, to proclaim liberty to captives and recovering of sight to the blind and set at liberty those who are oppressed to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And then he said, today, this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. Now, what that tells you is you can't, you can't force the primary meaning there to be economic poverty or criminal justice system imprisonment or biological blindness, because it is unlikely that the synagogue of Nazareth was full of those kinds of people. Uh, it was a cross-section of, of the, com the Jewish community there in Nazareth. And yet he says, today this is fulfilled. The, the subject matter of this passage is right here in front of me. So he was talking about spiritual condition without a doubt. So if, 
You can perceive the things of God because you are a child of God. Be grateful. If you have friends that don't, and I hope you do, I hope you have relationships with people who don't know Jesus, that's your most immediate mission field. Remember, you're dealing with blindness. You can't talk them out of it. You can't harass them out of it. You can't nag them out of blindness. Blindness is blindness. And of course they don't get it. It's like asking a blind person to understand the difference between purple and green. Of course they don't get it. What you can do is share the word of God with them, share your testimony with them, and pray that God, the Holy Spirit, the only one who can, will give sight to their spiritually blind eyes. Hey, before we go this week, on December 2nd, we're going to drop on the McGregor Podcast channel our McGregor Podcast Christmas special. And I want you to be looking and listening out for it. I won't say much, but I will say this. It comes from the Word of God, but a place you probably wouldn't expect. And it involves a collaboration between some podcast personalities you may have never heard together before. So you watch for that, and we will see you next time on Beyond the Notes.